listening to CLNS Media, powered by BetOnline.ag. Go to clnsmedia.com slash roll. Use our promo code CLNS50 for 50% off your first deposit. Black and Gold Hockey Podcast with Mark Allred and Rob Tomlin. You can subscribe and rate our show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Player.fm, SoundCloud.com, and Stitcher Radio. You can support the show financially by going to blackandgoldhockey.com and clicking on the fanatics.com banner before shopping online. You can also purchase exclusive Black and Gold Hockey Podcast merchandise in the official B&G shop. And now, time to start the Bruins Hockey Talk. Enjoy the show. Hello, Bruins fans, and welcome back to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Today's episode 137 is being recorded on July 21st, 2019, and brought to you by show sponsor BetOnline.ag. This week, we have a few Bruins-related topics to discuss as the dog days of the National Hockey League's offseason continues. So without further ado, I think I spelled ado wrong, but that's just me. I'm a terrible speller. I'd like to welcome back frequent flyer guest... Heather Ingerson, back to the program. Heather, what's up? Hi. First of all, you spelled the do right. I did? Correct. Yes, nice. it is. And, uh, hey, thanks for having me back again. I, I really appreciate you taking some time to keep these going over the summer. Um, and it's it's huge help to me. What am I supposed to do? Talk about hockey by myself? I, that's what I'm... That's, that's my biggest fear, is doing things alone. Um, especially talking, and it's just, you know, I don't talk very well as it is when I have people with me. Um, I, when I listen to myself alone, and I hear it back, it's even worse. The fumbles are terrible. I have to say that solo it, show was pretty awesome. You give yourself yeah, credit. Yeah, I know. I, I, thought, I thought I did okay. But All right. Always went from improvement, but... Thanks for having me. I'm glad to have you back. This is, I'm super stoked. Um, just talking hockey to get the weeks going and, and, you know, October gets here faster. Yeah, it's almost time. We're like almost at 70 days or something. Yeah, 74 actually. Yeah, I didn't remember the exact time. But we do have, uh, I have a page here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, about eight topics. And, and I know you brought your, you did your, <laughs> yeah, which is great. I mean, that's, that's awesome. You bring something to the table, which is huge, but, um, let's just start off with, I listened to a podcast um, about a week ago, maybe a week and a half ago, um, and it was the, the Skate Pod with Matt Kalman and uh, Ken Laird, and they had guests on um, Jermaine Wiggins, former football player, former New England Patriot. So this, this particular segment, I am calling, Wiggy be freaking crazy. Yeah. 
I literally wrote down, has Wiggy lost his mind? Don't get me wrong. I like Wiggy. I'm not, like, against him. But, like, I don't know what was going on on that particular brain rant on the skate podcast, which is awesome. Listen to it. I mean, I give, I gotta give him credit. He does, he does know somewhat of hockey. I know he plays hockey. I know he played hockey back in the day in Roxbury, but guy. Stop smoking the good stuff on the Roxbury Corner, man. Yeah. He's, I don't know if anybody's been under a rock lately and has not heard this, but Jermaine Wiggins, former football player for the New England Patriots, suggested after the Stanley Cup playoff loss to the St. Louis Blues that maybe it's time. He, I know he just asked the question, I'm paraphrasing here, but maybe it's time to move on from Patrice Bergeron and see what he can get in return. And and wow, did, did I lose it? Oh, uh, yeah. I just, I was like... Whoa, what's going on here? Are we are we clickbaiting podcasts now? Uh, I I lost it for a couple of reasons. Because one, I do agree. I think that Wiggy is kind of, you know, like, again, I'm not a professional. He's a professional at what he does. But he is pretty knowledgeable. It's not like he's clueless like a lot of times on sports talk or whatever. You don't necessarily have someone who knows what they're talking about about a sport. Like, he's pretty knowledge. But... I really thought he was lost his skull. And it could be just like my brain, just random things happen, and he was just saying them out loud. But trading Patrice Bergeron, for, that's not even the craziest thing I think he said. But I am definitely, trade Bergeron. Trade Bergeron. I don't think that's solving any issues. Not the cap issues. Like, it sounds crazy because Bergeron is a, my numbers up in the rafters kind of brewing. Not, you know, like, we've had a lot of great players that come through, but, like, to make it... First ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, I mean, yeah, general, like, Patrice Bergeron is one of the most sought-after centers on the planet, and that's great. But what he suggested was that we call up Pittsburgh and say, hey, you want to trade Gino for Bergie? And I'm like, oh, that's going to help. What is that solving? Not the right wing issue, not the defensive lock him up issue. What? I love Evgeny Malkin. Don't get me wrong. I love that dude. But what? You're going to trade Bergie for Malkin? And first of all, like Pittsburgh's like, meh, sounds good. Uh, no, I don't think so. Not that Bergie. Again, like, I don't know what he was thinking. That's just like the first, I can't. And then he was going on and on about like, he's not a sniper. He should be on the second line. He's not a sniper. No shit. He's not a sniper. Kessel was our sniper and savvy to a point, right? And then all that, now a little later, then you're supposed to have crazy a little bit, but like Pasternak and like, I guess Marshawn would be the closest thing we have to a sniper, you know? Like, we've had players that were supposed to be, like Sagan, okay, well, he wasn't here. I'm sick of hearing about Sagan because he has been a Dallas star way longer than he was ever a Boston Bruin. And yeah, let it go, but it's not like he went on and won four Stanley Cups since he left us. He's been a solid player, you know, did what everybody expected Tyler Sagan would be as a player. They're building on him in Dallas. Great, good luck for him, and, like, hope it actually comes to fruition because now he's getting a little older, you know? But I'm sick of hearing about it. Also, um, he's going on, like, if we didn't move on about with Hamilton, I hate Dougie Hamilton. You're no, a whiny I mean. prima donna. I don't care what his teammates say about him. I know he's a whiny prima donna because, A, that's how he ended up not signing here. I want my brother to play for me and my money and money. Oh, what Freddy, did you prove Freddy. yet? You don't, get to pr- you don't get to come out of, like, the low levels and then, like, two years in and you think you're Mr. Hot Ass or whatever. Anybody, Getting not just Drew Dowdy numbers. And you're on, like, your fourth team in the last four years or whatever since you were on our team. So I don't want to hear about Dougie Hamilton, who I think is a fine, solid defenseman, but way overrated and too much drama to deal with. You know, what? you know what's funny? We're going a little off topic here. Yeah, I'm but sorry. I'm just it's okay. It's all right. I'm crazy it's, it's, it's about it. the like, off season. What is going on in your but brain? But a lot of people told me, uh, uh, I'm sorry, they didn't tell me, but a lot, 
a lot of podcasts I listen to that have former hockey players in them mm-hmm. um, have mentioned that, you know, if, if, if a person like Hamilton doesn't want to, like, he does the, the museums and this and that and blah, blah, blah. But they all said if he just showed up for 10 minutes and just was a part of the team out, outside of the rink, that that is so acceptable. That goes levels to people like that. But just to say no and walk away and then you post an Instagram post about, you know, this sculpture you saw at a, at a, uh, at a museum is a little rough on the edges. And I get that everybody, you know, maybe he is someone who likes to keep to himself, but you don't never bond with your team. Right. Like, that's weird. Right. You just... Shouldn't be I, on the ice in a walk around yeah. thing, you know. I just, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know why, like, what? We're still reliving Sagan? What has it been, like, eight, ten years? What is going on? Oh. Like, where is he? I'm so ready to move on. What's the other thing about something? Oh, yeah, he was saying about move Coil to the top line. We'll get rid of Bergie. We'll get up get Melkin. Or we could get rid of Bergie, move Coil to the top line, nothing against Charlie Coyle, but what? Shrees Bergeron's been our top center for a long time for a reason. Like... I don't know. I can't. I don't go. But you know what? That's not the craziest thing this dude was saying in my head. How about the P.K. Subban? You know, we could have been in on P.K. Subban at nine mil a year. Yeah, that's going to help the McAvoy Carlo situation with the, uh, what do we have, like 11 mil or 10 and a half mil left to work with. I don't know the exact numbers. I don't have our favorite cat friend website up in front of me, but what? Nine million? Don't get me wrong. P.K. Subban's a badass defenseman, but not at nine mil a year when you're trying to sign two stud defensemen. Right. Crazy, crazy. His, his suggestions on who the who the, the Bruins should have gotten uh, in free agency or traded for were kind of weird to me because he's just navigating down to the to those he he said Subban and and uh, Wayne Simmons. Now, as soon as he said that, I was just like, "Wow, dude, you're really pulling for the brothers." And I'm not racist. I'm not saying anything bad about that, but. You know, have have a wider range of of um, of players to pick from that could help this Boston Bruins team over Wayne Simmons. Yeah, I th- I just think that you, you know. And Wayne Simmons to me is like a Dougie Hamilton. I don't trust if you've been on that many teams in that quick of a time. Right. Like even if like okay, Wayne Simmons has a way heavier contract, so you might have to move his money. Well, Simmons now. also has but, injury problems. Right, that's what surgery. I mean. Like oh, like don't you think we have enough injury riddled? players that tend to get re-injured or spend a little time on, you know, the IR. I don't know why we would want to trade for an expensive one. I'd rather keep three of the ones I already have. Thank you. I just don't understand. Like, we lost game seven of the Stanley Cup final five weeks ago or whatever, and everybody wants to blow the team up so far that what? Again, I don't have the dream that everyone's bumping up from Providence and becoming wonderful and I don't think P.K. Subban's going to solve the problem. And I certainly don't think getting rid of Patrice Bergeron this far into no. his uh, almost two-decade career as a Bruin. Absolutely. Is, ugh, I can't, why'd you, yeah, I knew we were going to talk about it, but it's making Stick me, to football, Wiggy, please, stick to please. football. I do like you, Wiggy, it's definitely, like, no one's calling you out and, like, running miles. We're just saying, because we are listening, yeah, and we know you, we were a little kind of surprised. Shock, shock pod, <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? Like, Boston Sports Shock Pod, in my yeah. opinion. Which is not like his station that he's on. Do you know what I mean? Right. That's well, not that's, that's, as bad. No, it depends yeah. on the show. I, yeah. You know I listen to all our local sports. Oh, I do too. I support all, all like Bruins podcasts. I'm not a fan. Many people know that. I, I, I don't like baseball. I don't like football. Mm-hmm. And I don't like, um, what's the other one? 
basketball? Yes. I don't like any of those other sports. I just... He likes golf and hockey. I like golf. Golf's cool. And congrats to, um... I don't even got it. The guy that won the Open, he was uh, pretty good. Shane Lowry, I believe his name is. I yes. Know, I hate golf. I know. <laughs> ah, whatever. Ah. But. Go. Let's move on to another topic that is. More pleasant than yeah. Wiggy losing his mind. Yeah. Um, old friend, former Boston Bruins player, 2011 Stanley Cup champion, Chris Kelly, is coming back to the Boston Bruins. This time, not as a player, but in a management role. As a development player development coordinator, the 30-year-old is not taking over for Jamie Langenberger, but a solid addition to the Bruins behind-the-scenes operation nonetheless. So, this is very, very good. Um, this definitely reminds me of back in the day when um, Don Sweeney took over. Uh, you know, it came... Sweeney left the Bruins, went to Dallas, and maybe some probably sells. I'm not totally not sure, but came back as a player development role and and stayed in there for nine to ten years and built his way up to be a general manager. Um, this is a fantastic addition. I don't know how much of an impact it's actually going to be, but having a player like Chris Kelly and seeing what he what he's done in the locker room, what he did on the ice, which I wasn't overly thrilled about. But he was versatile. Like he was. About, he yeah. was. He can go up and down the lineup. He can do all those smart things. But he's just his goal production, point production, in my opinion, was really down and low. So, what does that say to you? Um, is is do you think bringing back players like this and putting them in these roles are good? Bad or indifferent? I think it depends on the person and how effective they are in the role. Like Don Sweeney, we talked about this, right? He's That was his post-career move was to really be able to scout and develop and kind of guide prospects to make good decisions, whether that be in school and until whenever or sign with these teams, whatever. Um, so, I mean, Chris Kelly, he played a long time. He played, what, 17, 18 years. He was only so. on two teams mostly. I mean, I know his last year was on Anaheim, but... Ottawa and Boston, that's it. He played, like, six years with Ottawa. They drafted him in 99. Came up. He was, again, a pretty solid player. He's your, like, Dan Hunnins of the world, you know. I mean, obviously, he doesn't have the experience yet that Chris Kelly had, but I think Don Sweeney wouldn't bring him in if he didn't think he knew what he was doing either because that is Don Sweeney's whole thing. Like, he's going to entrust that to the Jamie Ling and the Rumors or whoever the world. Can I tell a weird story about random before we continue with Chris Kelly? As long I, as you remember where you're going. Yeah. No, I, that's all up, I was going. I, no, this. that's all I was going is that I do think it's good because I also think Don Sweeney wouldn't have picked him for this role if he wasn't good at that role to be in one of those supporting like with the young kids because like they got to figure it out so it's good to have people who like leadership qualities and development. But do you, you gave, one time you didn't want to go to the Bruins game and I inherited your Devils Bruins tickets and yeah. me and Lisa Went to Boston. This is Jamie Langdon, we're in a quick story. So, anyways, everyone out there, all of a sudden, there's like two and a half feet of snow. We're waiting for the train in Newburyport. We're never going to get there. We get to the garden. They didn't cancel the game. There was only like 1,600 people there. And my friend Lisa screams, fuck you, Jamie Langdon Bruner. And he looked right up at us and pointed, and then we were like, yeah! <laughs> he did, but I guess that's my Jamie Langdon Bruner. He's a good guy now. Because, you know, I like the, you know, I like... Fond of the devs and, you know, there. But it was just funny because they were the enemy yeah. that night. And yeah. then the minute he, like, looked up and pointed at us, kind of like, I hear you guys because yeah, no funny. one else is here. It was 
funny way, like, yeah, awesome, okay, moving on. But yes, I think Chris Kelly is a good, I wouldn't, sorry, not to bang, I know you people are very noise sensitive. Um, <laughs> I get, I know, I no, I only say that because you're always asking me, does it sound like weird, you know, because yeah. he's trying to get the noise levels right, he's working I'm, very I'm working. hard to I'm not get a professional that. So this, he always so. asks me, but I'm like, I don't know, I only listen to it really on my iPod, so I don't know what it sounds like on a laptop. But yes, a good signing, that's all I was going, Chris Kelly, good veteran, 17 years, he went, even when he was on Ottawa, he had, went to the Stanley Cup Finals. He was with us one in two thousand. Yeah, he won with us in two thousand and eleven. He was with us in two thousand and thirteen when we went to the finals. So good, you know, good core well, player, and he seems to be a good core because he was. Uh, he had the same role in Ottawa last year, right? Mm-hmm. Like his first year retired. Well, yeah, I think um, something like I, it. I think he he did play go back to Ottawa. Um, I'm not sure what capacity. I really didn't follow his career after that, but I know I think last year he spent the majority of the time in Belleville, Ontario, with Doing the Belleville the Senators. No, he was actually playing in the AHL. Okay. He signed a he signed a deal, but uh, I'm not sure how long he lay how long he played, which which whether it be long term or the whole season. I'm I'm, not, I'm totally sure, but obviously he's done with his career now, um, and. I look forward to talking to him uh, at the uh, next development camp. I think that's the next time I'm going to have a chance to see him um, or any of those coaches on a development role um, in that capacity. So uh, good on the Bruins, uh, bringing in a guy that has been around the, the organization, obviously, you know, raised the Stanley Cup with uh, an elite um, core that we some of we still have, some we don't, but... Regardless, I think it's a, it's a good time. Our core is still intact, though. Yeah, it's yeah. The players I mean, around our core that are not necessarily stable. So, um, but with that being said, I'm just going to do a quick quick ad read. Um, and I uh, just want to say that even though, ice, even though the hockey season is over and training camp activities are about two months away, there's still many sports worldwide to keep your interest, like Major League Baseball, golf, soccer, and if your confidence is high and you're feeling lucky, we suggest one website that's unlike no other. Uh, get on the get in the action, grab the odds, and allow the experts at BetOnline.ag do the heavy lifting for you. Sports, live betting, virtual casinos, you name it. BetOnline.ag is CLNS Media's preferred sports book online. Please support our Black and Gold Hockey podcast by going to clnsmedia.com backslash Bruins and use code CLNS50 for 50% back after your first deposit. That's CLNS50 at clnsmedia.com slash Bruins, betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. So, <laughs> man, those are, those are the first two like popular topics that I wanted to, was Wiggy Be Crazy and the, the Chris Kelly signing. So now we're getting into some stuff that we just... We just had to gravitate to the news, but um, um, former Bruin Ryan Spooner has signed a contract overseas. Um, it was actually pretty funny, and I do value people's opinions. I shake my head a lot. I never call people stupid, and I hate that. I just hate when it's an idiotic idea or it's a stupid idea. It's That's an opinion, an it, it, right? It. It's just you know, but. Some people said that, well, why didn't the Bruins take him back before going to Europe? Number one, please, please, I advise all of you that don't know about the salary cap structure to please go to. And this is not a plug. We do not have any affiliation with these people. But this is a tool 
that you need as a hockey fan. And before you ask all these questions, you need to go to capfriendly.com and, and do some investigating for yourself. The Boston Bruins are in a cap crunch. Yeah. We will get to that later. Crunchy-de-crunch. Crunchy-de-crunch, crunch-crunch. And people want to bring players in that are, I don't care if you're a $2 million, $3 million player. We don't have room for that. And we talked about if you only need $2 million to sign the player, keep the players that are already in the system. That's the exactly. Case. Why would you do that? Yeah. Why would you bring a guy back that, honestly, I do not think he liked playing here. I just Maybe it's just him being a shy, quiet guy and so on, but it just didn't seem like he was very comfortable here. Mm-hmm. I don't think he was very comfortable in Edmonton or Vancouver, for that matter, but... I wouldn't be comfortable in Edmonton, just to be fair. Yeah, I mean, Shirelli's gone. Now you yeah. got to deal with Ken Holland. Cha-cha-cha-cha. cha 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 But I just, I just don't understand why, why folks can't get over the past. You know, it's, he, was, he was dealt in the Rick Nash trade. It probably was a leverage piece to get Nash here. Obviously, it didn't work. People complained about Ryan Spooner has more points than Rick Nash. That's like the only time you could say that in Rick yeah, Nash's well, career. Rick Nash has been an all-star in yeah. multiple occasions. Exactly. So No offense, I like Ryan Spooner, but that's like an Achari, right? You couldn't really necessarily sign him at the time, but why would you bring him back if you didn't make the effort to sign him in the first place? Like, Achari, we kept him as long as we could, but he deserves to go out on market because we don't have a place for him anymore. Yeah. But Spooner, same thing. That's what happened with him. He had to move on. But here's the thing about the plug-and-play players, and I'm, I'm stealing that quote from so many podcasts that I listen to. We have, we're smart enough to have CapFriendly.com up on the screen in the studio in Amesbury, Massachusetts. By the way, I hope everybody's staying cool on yeah. this weekend. It is a nasty yeah, heat wave. Sorry, North America. Blur. Yeah, really. The devil is just like hanging over you, just going, <laughs> But anyway, looking at... <laughs> I looked up at David Pasternak and said six, 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 six. Don't, so don't go, go lower than that. No, no, I was laughing, though, because I happened to look up when you said same. But you, you look at players like Sean Corrali, Wagner, Brett Ritchie, who just got signed, Joachim Nostrum, Jake DeBrusque. Uh, let's keep him out, and let's put Parlin home in there. That's one, two, three, four, five. That's five players on this roster that make, pretty much makes up your third and fourth line. And guess what, folks? They're all at a million dollars apiece per year. You do not pay, you do not pay people three, four, five million dollars a year to play on the third and fourth lines. I'm sorry. At least the at least the fourth line. Right. So we are yeah, like you like you said, leave DeBrusque out of it because barring any issue and him not having a pretty solid season this year, he's gonna get, make his money because that kid for, is like a steal. What does he got? Eight. Six three, yeah, eight that uh, eight hundred thousand six. Yeah, it's under nine hundred thousand on an entry like, level deal that he's going to have for one yeah, more has season. Has issues. He's still a young player, but he's developing quite nicely into that solid second line left winger. Or I like him. And uh, yeah, me too. So he's going to get his money. But yeah, no, like you said, your third and fourth line shouldn't cost you most of your whatever. Absolutely. No. Absolutely. We don't have anything anyways right now. But yeah, next year, and that's just on the top. That doesn't include right. players on the bottom. We'll get to that later if we have time. Yeah, um, but yeah, no, no, no to Spooner. A- absolutely. Hells to the double. Oh, have, no. I'd rather have Riley Nash back than Ryan Spooner. I'm 
don't even. I cannot agree with you. No, that's. I not. can't do that. I just. Think I love you as a friend, but I, can't agree with you. I just. Think I was not a Riley Nash. I just mean if you're gonna bring back someone who you lost, Riley Nash played better right, here right. than mine. You need somebody to fill in. Like if you're gonna go get an old, like a your old third and fourth liners, Nash played better here. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I agree. Good. I agree. All right, moving on to something a little more interesting than the Ryan Spooner talk is um, that I went on NHL.com and looked at their updated free agent list. And um, and what we did was we looked at the Atlantic Division as a whole and the upgrades that they made. Um, so I'm just going to go through and list some of these, you know, how the teams look surrounding the Bruins in the, in the division. So um, let's start with Tampa Bay. No alphabetical order here at all. But the Tampa Bay Lightning had 11 signings. Uh, significant ones is they, they lose Anton Strahlman and sign Luke Shen. Pretty much, to me, that's a pretty even swap. You know, you're not really gaining anything right there. Right? So, uh, but they're also still negotiating with Braden Point. And that's a huge asset to them as a young player, uh, which, you know, obviously... Uh, compliments uh, Steven Samkos, Nikita Kucherov, and, and and other great players on that Tampa Bay Lightning team, which are probably going to, you know, be the, the front runners for the Eastern Conference this year. And hopefully, hopefully by any chance, they fly don't That's choke so in the first idea. round. <laughs> but regardless, um, they, they made 11 signings, but uh, most of those were um, two-way deals. And, and, and if I'm not mistaken, they were uh, a lot of AHL players. So um, moving on to the Toronto Maple Leafs. There were three signings, uh, notably signed forward Jason Spezza and locked up uh, former Hobby Crimson Alexander Kerfoot to a four-year extension uh, after the trade that brought Tyson Barry to the Leafs. And also, Cody Cece was added to the Leafs' D after swapping Nikita Zaitsev to, uh, with the Ottawa Senators, and uh, Mitch Marner still unsigned. So, with that being said... Um, I do like one signing on the Toronto Maple Leafs, mm-hmm. and that was uh, forward and veteran Jason Spezza. Yes. Because now Connor Clifton has much more opportunities to kick his ass again in the Eastern Conference Atlantic Division than he was when he was with the Dallas Stars. So I hope those two get back together again because that was a lot of fun. And I believe that was like Clifton's first game. I want to say he beat the shit out of his- Spezza's been around forever. Oh, yeah. And yeah. I feel, I'm oh, yeah. like, dude, he's got to with be. with Ottawa. Yeah, him and Sharp. With him and Reddick Bonk. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that name. <laughs> you know, you do. Um, moving on to the Montreal Canadiens, they had eight signings. More notably, they signed free agent backup, goaltender Keith Kincaid. God, I hope I did that. Yeah, yeah. And signed uh, Ben Chariot and uh, forward Joe Armia, two extensions. So th- those were, you know, small, ex- small moves. You know, nothing really blows you away. Uh, the Florida Panthers, on the other hand, uh, and notably the uh, addition of Joel Quenville, the head coach, going down to Miami, is, is that much more better. <laughs> and I, I like saying that. It's fun. It's more better for that area and that team because... Um, you get a coach that's got Stanley Cup experience, won three Stanley Cups with the Chicago Blackhawks. Yeah, he did. Comes in with 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 drive. He wants to win. Wants to uh, take this um, Florida Panthers organization to another level. Um, and I honestly believe that they 
could possibly make the playoffs this season. It's these moves are that significant. And with anything that Joel Quenville does, like he did with Chicago, he attacks the goalie first. You're the owner, and I'm the freaking I'm the uh, the coach. You sign me, blah blah blah. Who's my goalie? That's who. That's who um, Joe Quenville is. So they didn't have a goalie at the time, but guess what? They do now. Signed Sergei Bobrovsky to a ridiculous, yeah. absolutely ridiculous deal. We talked about it last week. Mystery solved. That's who I was talking about in case you didn't figure it out, Scooby. Absolutely crazy deal, but they do get a, a quality goaltender. I'm not saying he's elite. I mean, he plays at, at that level. I'm not going to call him that. But um, they also got uh, free agent Anton Strawman from the Florida, I mean, the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, free agent forward Brent Conley, former Bruin. And free agent forward Noel Chari, former Bruin. But they also, and this is so, un- un- it's not even relevant, but uh, former Boston Bruins defenseman, Providence Bruins defenseman, Tommy Cross signed, uh, t- uh, I think it's a two-year, two-way deal. Uh, with the Florida Panthers, and this is a kind of a really cool story because I got the inside information from somebody that was close to the whole situation, was that Tommy Cross was actually thinking about, or talking to the Boston Bruins, about coming back to the area. Uh, Tommy Cross did uh, sign as a free agent after last season with the Columbus Blue Jackets and had a baby. And obviously he didn't have the baby, his wife had the baby. And they both live in, they still live in the New England area. I believe um, the Connecticut Mass area, Connecticut, um, Rhode Island area. So he really wanted to come back to be close to his family. And obviously on free agency, that didn't happen. He signed with the Florida Panthers. But the good thing about that is their American Hockey League affiliate is only a short ways away in Springfield. Massachusetts. That's good. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, so, it was, I mean, it's good for him, a good feel-good story for him. He's still playing hockey, still doing what he loves, still making a, you know, and he's, he's going to be around his family, which is which is awesome. So, congrats to the Cross family on the addition, and congrats on the new contract, uh, which is obviously an AHL deal. I think he's not going to the Florida Panthers, but, uh, real quick. They, boom, 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 yeah, almost let, Buffalo Sabres had eight signings, um, notably former Bruin Marcus Johansson, uh, and they re-signed Zegmis Gergesons to a one-year deal. So most of those deals were, were AHL uh, stuff, not much of the NHL level. Uh, the D- Detroit Red Wings, um, Valtteri Filippola, sorry, they had four signings. Valtteri Filippola returns to the Motor City and signs a two-year contract. Um, and goaltender Calvin Pickard signed a two-year deal. I actually thought the Bruins were going to go after Pickard, but ah, I wrote an article about it. Boy, what I know. And and finally, to end the dumpster fire, Ottawa Senators um, signed. Dumpster fire is like kind. <laughs> I know, right? Um, signed five people. Uh, free agent defenseman Ron Hainsey comes from the Toronto Maple Leafs on a one-year deal. And former Providence Bruins captain Jordan Swartz signs a one-year, and um, Tyler Ennis signed a one-year deal for Ottawa. So, if you're really thinking about any of the moves that were made around the Boston Bruins in the Atlantic Division, not many blew me away, like saying that this team or this division has gotten tougher. 
But I will say that I'm very impressed with what the Florida Panthers did in their signings. Um, they do have some cap space. They got who knows what could happen. But I look for them to be the biggest surprise of the season. And that's not saying that they're going to be the Stanley Cup winner. I just think that they're going to turn heads. Uh, and other, other, man, other teams and fans are going to say, wow, this is not a joke. So hopefully that that can turn in. I really don't see, like, Toronto didn't do anything because they have limited cap space. They still have to sign Mitch Marner. Um, you know, Tampa Bay it couldn't do much without them Braden Point. So anything could happen, but I don't think that the the Atlantic got that better. And that's just my unprofessional opinion, so. My unprofessional opinion is that there's been way more going on in the Metro than in the Atlantic yeah. East. Oh my god. And, what, and it had to, right? Because the Atlantic was the dominant, you know, that had I was to actually be, thinking about doing this whole you, segment on, on the Eastern yeah. Conference, but I'm yeah. like, oh, that's remember, way too much. Remember a couple of years ago, it was like, the it was Metro heavy, right? Pittsburgh, Washington, whatever. It was all heavy for that and the playoff contention and everything. And then it was just one thing Atlanta. Right? And Atlantic. Now it's kind of sizing back up. Part of that problem, though, comes it's like a cap space rotation, right? So now the East doesn't have that, uh, like the Atlantic Division in the East doesn't have that much money to work with. Like, they, like Tampa has a lot of big name players signed to some big name contracts. You know what I mean? There's not a lot that they can do. I'm not convinced Braden Point will be a Tampa Bay Lightning next year. Mm-hmm. Not that he doesn't want to be, but again, just like Don Sweeney might not be able to get Carlo and McAvoy. I mean, sometimes it just happens. You know, you can only do what you can do. Uh, Maple Leafs, same thing. I think they're still very much in on their, pretty much on their core. They haven't really done that much, right? Kadri's gone. Yeah. Things like that. Like, little things. The it's, Canadians, good they, it's good that Kadri went to... The Canadians are growing, which is good, because they kind of had a really solid core that never panned out to anything big, and then they fell apart. Like, hardcore fell apart. So they've made some moves that will help maybe booster them. Again, team almost made the playoffs, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, Florida, I think they've done some good signings for themselves. That team's always competing with, like, a. I don't feel like they get the love. Like, we talked about this, right? The arena's specifically there for them, but they don't necessarily get the love they deserve, and it's hard for the fans to show up and spend the money to physically show up and see them. Not, I'd rather pay at home and sit in the cool breeze, too. Like, you know, just watch Margarita in my hand, but... (laughs) <laughs> they they probably they were kind of contenders at the beginning of last season too that maybe they'd make the playoffs. So I think Florida made some right moves to because they had a lot of young players too. Like, and we talked about that in Ottawa and stuff. You need to have some kind of veteran leadership to really and you can't just be one or two. Like when you have a team that's building and stuff, you need a on every level kind of a veteran in place yeah, for everything to I agree with that. that. Sabres uh I don't know what to do with them. Like they're 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 like the they're they're again they're like Florida. They're like in a weird place. They have good talent, but they're in kind of transition. They they have a new coach, you know, and things like that. They got a really again, good core defenseman. Again, they got young players. They got some great thing. I mean, former Bruin Colin, Colin Miller joined yeah. the team. Oh, I love Rasmus Col- Dahlin. You know, I love Colin Miller. You know, all him. the all these additions. He's not the Miller I would have put in the draft last time. Jeff Skinner signed mm-hmm. long term yeah, there. Yeah, so they're so. shoring themselves up a little. They again, they're probably not going to win the cup next year, but like I'm not even going to say they're probably going to make the playoffs. Moves. But you know what? They're making significant moves to to like get into the playoff picture for years to come. Well, Red Wings, yep, same thing. They've got Steve Eisenman goes yeah. back. It, I mean, watch him make a watch him make a big years. splash this season with a bunch of trades, mm-hmm. and then really be involved with that team the following year. That's because he wants to purge so he can have his own way, yeah. which. 
Again, yeah. Tampa Bay, thank you, I, Steve Eisenman. They should be thanking Steve. Right. He's going to do the same thing there. And the Senators, again, a dumpster fire, not really their fault. But they also do have some young people maybe, like, yep. signing, you know, whatever. Like Ron Hainsey, got some experience, you know, whether you like him or not. Jordan Swartz, maybe, you know, he never really was, like, a Bruins yeah. but in the HL. But I wasn't a big fan. They of, might I, need that in their system because some of these teams, like Ottawa and like Florida, they also want to build their AHL systems because... You know, the Bruins and some other teams also benefit from having a good farm system, and some farm systems are better than others, uh, obviously depending on where your prospects are at in their development. Uh, so I guess that uh, that is my reaction to all those things. I'd say it'd been more Metro-heavy. We could do a segment on the Metros. We, we probably could. Point. We could probably just definitely look at the other them. teams in the Eastern Conference besides what's going on in the Atlantic during the soft season. But... Um, before we get to that, let's uh, let's take a quick break. We're about halfway through our uh, our program. We're going to try to do an hour at least. Uh, so we'll be right back. Passion, talent, development. NCAA hockey offers all that, and its players graduate at a ninety percent rate. Nick Bukestad. Backhand scores! Wow, what a goal! David Backus. Zach Parisi were stars on campus before the NHL stage. Whether you are a fan or a player, nothing compares to college hockey. Visit collegehockeyinc.com and follow at College Hockey. Champions of the college hockey world. And we are back from our little break, a little fresh air outside. Not really fresh at all, but yeah. it's freaking heat. But my uh, my co-host needed to get a nicotine fix, so yeah. and I needed another drink. So we are back, um, and hopefully you're still listening yeah. <laughs> during this off season pod. But um, I want to go back on to Wiggy Be Crazy, that kind of segment. But um, my friend and and awesome writer Matt Kalman, WEI NHL dot com. Um, mentioned something that, you know, he said that it would, it wouldn't be crazy for, it would be crazy for the Bruins to trade Bergeron, but it wouldn't be crazy to think about putting him in a different place on the team. And this is what intrigued me. Never mind, we could be crazy. That guy's just smoking the really good THC out of Roxbury. But what Mac Hellman said was how about we move Bergeron second line and replace him with David Krejci. I can already hear people typing the hate tweets to me as we as I, you know, I can hear it right now and this is not going to drop for at least another couple hours. But anyway, I don't think it's a bad idea. I and here's my thought. And before I let you go on your tangent, my thought is is like Bergeron's a finisher. He's the type of player, he's a great two-way forward, but he can finish. Krejci, on the other hand, is not your prototypical two-way forward, but he does have the ability to dish the puck really well. So I would think, I would like to see 
Krejci on the first line, who dishes to Marshan and Pasternak, who are ultimately your point leaders on your team. So you want that guy. And I'm not saying, I'm not saying Bergeron cannot do those things. He doesn't have that really good passing style or that, you know, that just real slick tape-to-tape pass. He does. I get it. But it seems like Bert, um, uh, Krejci really just perfects that. He is the pass-first type of player. So I would want him on the first line and put Bergeron on the second line between, obviously, Jake DeBrusque and, and whoever comes into the, hey, the right wing slot. Hey, who's our right wing today? It, hey, guy, what's up? Sorry. Honestly, I like what Matt said. I really do. I started thinking, and I'm like, man, I want to write an article about this, but I didn't even know how to start that. But what, what your thoughts on that type of move? Okay, that's a lot less crazy than trading Bergeron and making Charlie Coyle your first-line center, okay? Or trying to trade Pittsburgh for Gino, okay. Um, I don't think I'm necessarily against that, because I get what you mean, though. Uh, crazy is much more... He's not... I'm not not a finisher, but he is more of like the dish it neutral zone, help you control the neutral zone. Like PJ Axelson used to control the neutral zone for you, just sit out there and pick. That's great penalty. More crazy. That guy. So it's not that he's not a two way player, it's just he's not quite as two way player as Bergeron, right? right? And they're great complimentary for a second line center, no matter how you have them up. I'm not necessarily against that. I get what you're saying. Maybe Heinen w- would do better because he does well with, not that he doesn't do well with. Crazy, but he does play better when he's up there with Bergie and with Marshan. Whatever that is, it is what it is. So I guess I wouldn't think that's totally crazy. I'm not, like, going to advocate for that either because then I'm thinking, oh, great, but then what happens to our power play? Because normally Krejci is our second unit center usually. Yeah. And I don't know if how that will mess up that first unit and I also don't want to mess up either, you know, with rest and whatever. If you start, okay, well, Bergie will play the first unit, right? It, but he'll be the second line center, you know, where right now it's kind of neatly packaged to be right. kind of the first. P1, P2. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, I don't know. I mean, I wouldn't be totally against that. Like I said, that's a much more sane idea. And I do think that Krejci could be a first line center. I don't think he's, I don't think he's on the second line as the center because he's, a, you know, being regulated. It's just you ha- we have a couple solid centers and you could really go one or two on each right. of them. And I'm not, I'm not into the whole analytic part about this whole conversation. I don't know. I don't, do I, don't I don't either. I don't do PDO. I don't do coursing. I don't do Fenwick. I, you know... Those are things that I, I really no, normal stats. Like normal I, I really stats. want to learn all this stuff, and I kind of think that I do when I research. I'm kind of learning, but when I want to use it in in at work talking to people, it's just a massive fumble. I'm terrible with numbers. Amesbury math sucks. Um, but anyway, I just I don't. It's something's got to be done to address the five on five issue. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not sure if my idea or or I'm sorry no. Matt's idea when he, on the on the, the skate podcast W E I's the skate podcast definitely check that one out. Uh, Matt's very smart. Ken Laird's a very funny host. Gets Matt going all the time. I really I really enjoy that because uh, when Matt gets fired up, he, he that's pretty much his his best. That's when he come really comes out. But the five on five needs to be addressed regardless uh, if it's the regular season or the playoffs. You, you cannot rely, I mean, they have, but you really cannot rely on the special teams, the power play. Mm-hmm. You, the Boston Bruins do have a very good power play team, 
but you need to uh, you need to score five on five. Would that help? Who knows? But why not try it? You know, I mean, I. Do people really think that Patrice Bergeron is going to be your top line center uh, until the twenty twenty one season when his contract is over? And if he does happen to get resigned as a thirty six year old, do you really think that he's going to still be on that top line, doing what he's doing right now? I think it just depends on if he gets like any major injuries. But I, yeah. I do actually think he could be, but again, I don't think that means that I mean Krejci, they're kind of around the same age and they do the same you know, they have the same role. I'm not like instead of flipping the wingers, flip the centers, like why not? I mean what's the worst that happens? You just put them back where they were. Right. You're only gonna have them with the same other wingers and that have traditionally been with them as centers anyways. It's not like all of a sudden you're gonna be like Hey, guess what? So-and-so, that might be up from Providence trying to fill that random oh, third or fourth well, you, line or second you, line. That would you, br- you bring up another topic. But I, I think if you're going to do that, that would make sense because I think maybe see what Hayden and Ross do with Bergeron and put Krejci up with Pasta and... Um, Marshan. Marshan, thank you. Sorry, Brad Marshan, I didn't mean to forget your name. I mean, obviously. Yeah, and, and, and you just brought up another one. It's like, there's a there's a... A lot of folks out there at a ver- at, at big media level that are suggesting that this Bruins team is so loaded up the middle. You, you, you know, you do have your Sean Corral, you got your Charlie Coy, you got your uh, Krejci, you got your Bergeron, and you got people, folks down in Providence and and, and waiting in the wings and in, in the, uh, the the development levels around the world. So, oh, I hate when I do this. I'm getting hot. Um, I lost they, track. They're taking, I get what Oh, no, oh, I got, I got, I got Studnika, Studnika. Okay. Studnika is, like, so close to being to the NHL level mm-hmm. that where do you place them? Well, this is my you know argument. You know what I mean? And then, and then, hang on a second. Is the idea of him going out of his zone that he's been with his entire life and learning and throwing him on the right side? Okay, I th- I say about this about all the guys who are quote unquote almost ready to be here. A, if they, w- it's not about roster spots because we do rotate our third and fourth people, sign people, let people go. So if you were ready, you'd be up there. Okay, I also think wait your turn. You know what I mean? Like we have, like you said, next year we have all these things. So earn your spot next year, one more year down there, because all these kids are young. Like they act like these kids are like twenty five year olds that have never signed. They're not. We have a lot of cap room we have a lot of positions to fill so all these young like and this is for everyone not the young kids obviously you're just trying to get your thing but a one on his you know no in order to be a professional you got to sometimes learn how to play out of your comfort zone you this is the part of the problem i think with some of the younger players is they think at 19 that they're all ready for the nhl well sorry honey not all of you and mcdavid and sagan's and bergeron's (laughs) of the world right i'm just saying right two wait your turn there are people who are contracted, and if they really thought you were ready, we would figure out how to move the money to make that spot for you because we do give one or two year contracts to our third and fourth line guys. To, in other words, to get your foot in the door and for you to be up on the big club. Yeah. But I don't care how great this kid's going to be. He is not David Krejci, and he is not, you know, whatever. We have a lot of right stuff. Now. Yeah, we are top heavy, but just because you decided to make a system where we're heavy on the bottom up the middle too, that doesn't mean we're going to push people up. You know, Charlie Coyle, let him play his other year because frankly, Charlie Coyle is older and has more experience. I'm not trying to move him to make room for another or whoever. But 
I'm just a firm believer that if the kids are ready to play up, they'd be up somehow. We don't have enough people locked down that everyone is going to just, their careers are never going to launch if we have to play through the 2021 20, season to see if maybe in 21-22, after the draft, after the Seattle draft, after free agency and all that other stuff, or at the trade deadline. We everyone, No one's talking about that. Maybe we figure out how to work with signing our young defensemen through the trade deadline, then we move our money then. Do you know what I mean? Whatever. No one's talking about that. But sorry, 21, 22-year-olds, suck it up. Because you know what? Stephen Camper has been playing forever in the AHL and taking when he can come up and work in and working in the team and playing the system and being a good systems player. You being know what ready I mean? to and play when he's called ready upon. Ready when he has to, but not crying about it, just playing where he's playing and playing his ass off. And that's how you get experience, and that's how you're the one that gets called up, right? You know, like, at first... Like, we kind of had all our defensemen going down, right? That's how Connor Clifton ended up playing up for us late in the year. And you know what he did? He proved he can play up there. And that's probably not his slot next year, obviously. But he's proven that when you need to call him up, he's now, sorry, back in nine and in them. He has proved that he works out on the big squad. And you're probably more likely to get the nod because you are more a NHL, AHL, leaped ready, you know? Right. I don't know. I just feel like I'm sick of hearing about the whining of the young kids. Because here's a tip. We have too many prospects. We have too many people. These people are going to age out, top out. But no offense, again, like, I don't care how great some of these players are going to be. I'm not going to go positional, whatever. If Bergeron is still pretty much Bergy, maybe he's your second, even your third line, and he can give you two more years at three mil a year or whatever, I'm going to sign Bergeron right. again before I'm going to let... Now the 20-year-olds, because obviously some of the other kids will have been moved or moved up by then. Like, I'm, and that's just me, and I'm just a fan, but it just seems to me, it's because the young kids don't have their spot. If they were ready, they'd make it. They get to go to training camp too, right? right? And they get to, we have two-way players that come up and down. It's not like you don't have a chance to get your look. Right. And if you're not looking like you're working out, you're going to either get moved or you're going to say, sorry, kid, we'll use you when we can. And next year, we'll talk about it once everyone's up for negotiation and people are I signing. Just, I just don't want to see what, what happened to a player like Ryan Spooner. To get, to, to get him into the NHL, he had to play on the right side. And when he played on the right yeah. side, he was not good. I get that, but at the same time, there's only so many right-wing roles or right. left-wing or se- on any team. Even if right. it's not going to be here, what are you going to do? Like, if we decide to deal you to, I don't know, Arizona, what are you going to do? I'm just making something up. I just pulled them out. I can't Feel stop. the thrill. I know. I can't stop thinking, oh, Phil Kessel be <laughs> in Arizona. Um, but I'm just saying, like, what are you going to do? You're going to look at your ne- next GM and your next coach and say, oh, I'm sorry, I'm only comfortable on the left side. No. It's called about being versatile. That's how people, like... David Backus, although, like, we talk about his contract didn't work out, he was older when we signed that contract, but that's how you get your money, right? Like, yeah. I can't, I don't have to only be center. I can play right wing. Backus right. can play anywhere he wants. He's a very versatile off forward, you yep. know? Not yep. ideally. Tory Krug played most of his professional career on his off wing. He didn't whine about it, did he? No, and he still, they put him on... This guy's never been, like, left side, left shot defenseman ever, right. or for, like, two shifts, and then the next thing, you know, like, what the hell is he doing over here again? Pick a side... It's called being versatile as a player. You know what I mean? Then I guess I if know. you really want that... Maybe that, that's something too wanting. If you want that taste in the NHL, you'll do whatever it takes. You know what and I mean? And when you have the taste, you use it to your fullest advantage. Let's be all honest. That's great, all these people. I'm not naming names. But a lot of those kids last year when they came up, all I saw was they are not NHL ready. Right. And that's nothing against them. Like, that's their young. 
they're just developing. Some of them have more experience in the AHL than others, you know. Because yeah. if you come from it's good, it's good to get the uh, the games though. You come from your juniors, you come from whatever. The AHL and the NHL are a whole different ballpark once you get in there and you go swinging for it. So sorry again, like I don't blame Cassidy talking to his people about with players in his roster and Do- or Donnie looking at him and being like, yeah, that's great, but for like two mil, we're gonna keep this dude and work on him for another year. Right. That's how you develop a good farm system and a good team. But everyone calm down. It's not like Savnika's never going to be a good a player ever. In no, it's a shiny if, new toy there. If you're not, yeah, what are we going to do? Uh, Shove him in there? He's not they ready. They just want to see these kids. Our team's shitty then, because of it. And then this right. kid falls apart because it was too Bruins much Bruins fans, they soon. shit on prospects because they're not in the I NHL. When they're, they're not in the NHL when they leave the podium. And they shit on prospects when they don't get there fast enough. So if they're in the third year of the entry-level contract, they will crap on them. It doesn't matter. Bruins fans are just sometimes intolerable. It's not just Bruins fans. It's hockey No, fans. I know. It's everywhere. Because but we're all armchair GMs. I don't pay attention shit. to like, much of anything really else. Now, but no, I, no, I just mean like we're all armchair GMs, right? It's like oh, being yeah. a Monday morning quarterback. But mostly, most of us are just fans like speculating and making our own decisions. My thing is... I'm sick of hearing about it. Some of these guys are going to work out. Some of them are not. This idea we need to make spots for them. They can fuck off. Earn your spot like every generation before you had to, right? Like, it's like now you don't have cuts in, like, certain leagues when you're, like, a little kid. And I'm not saying you cut five-year-olds. But when you're 12, I had to try out for travel soccer. And if you didn't make it, you figured out how you made the team. You know what I mean? So I'm sick of hearing about how professional kids that are, like, three years into their minor league contracts or lives or two years or less or whatever... They're not getting their spot. Well, screw, because you know what? Nordstrom's earned his DeBrus, you know, like those people. Yeah, they might be going Nordstrom's after Nordstrom's also next earned year. his way out of, the, out of this team, too, right. to make, to make room has. for other players. But what I'm saying speaking is, if of, they can't move him, it's one more year. We're not going to die if we have that on our thing. Speaking of adding players and keeping our future hopefully whole, Brandon Carlo and Charlie McAvoy remain unsigned. Uh, lots of rumors going out that they. The team would probably benefit if they bridged McAvoy and... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. If they bridged Carlo for two years and signed McAvoy long-term, um, I, I, I'm all for getting a deal done. I don't really need... I don't really need to have, you know, the immediate impact of, of a long-term thing. So, um... I, I just, I don't know why, but the more sound defenseman to me is Brandon Carlo. Uh, more of a uh, shutdown type of guy. Uh, you know, top, right. And then, you know, McAvoy is one of those offensive defensemen that can really pinch in on the play, get you some points. Um, so, in real mobile. So, to me, I just think that Carlo is a little more important right now to, to sign long term. And then, you know, why not? Charlie go for the 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 bridge, kind of like what Tory Crew did back in the day, and then did these one year prove me deals until he got his five year deal. There's nothing wrong with that. You still want to be a part of the team, then come down on your price. I mean, you might it might not be the millions of dollars per season, but it's the term that's really affecting this right now. It just seems. Yeah, especially the young kids. Like you, you've got your spot. Like you're gonna be in that spot. 
I mean, what would be feasible? What do we have left to even spend? Say we only sign these two players. So per, say you gave per cap for what does Brandon have like two point five this year? What was his this year? Because it's gone. No, it was it was nine twenty five. Nine twenty five. So say you give him two five or even three, right? For you got eight five more. years or whatever, right? Here's the cap and space. You, right Charlie there. McAvoy signs two years, six mil. Current cap oh, space. We so we can move someone to make another mil. That seems like makes sense to me because I agree with you. Carlo's been in the league longer. He's a little more seasoned. And in that aspect, you know, and... But they both have the injury thing. Yeah. Right, but Carlo, his first year out of not really having a lot of injury and stuff, right. proved that he's coming into his own. Because defensemen, too, they're not, like, grown Contract defensemen. Contract year, too. They're not grown defensemen until they're, like, 24, 25, 20. Let's be faced. That's your your peak between 24 and, like, 29 for a defenseman. Um, I mean, would that be ridiculous? Like, three mil for... Four years or five years for... Well, I, I think like a four-year because I do think that Carlo, if he proves, should before his next big con... You know, like when you're 28, 29, that right. last one, to get some of his money if he's earned it. Kind of like where Tory Krug's at next year if they do negotiate with him. You did your time, short-year deals, team-friendly deals, but that kid is worth... That cat's worth six, seven, eight, in depending on what other people get signed for. Because that's the other thing. We, get live, it. we live in a world where it used to be your name is what got you paid. And now we live in a world where players that do what you do, depending on what they get signed, dictates to what you get signed. Whether you are the best at your position or the worst. You know, there's not really an even kind of measuring stick about what you could get on things like that. So, I mean, that makes sense to me. Sign Carlo long term and if McAvoy could... Maybe be kind for a couple of years. Because, like, we talked about, a lot of money's going to move. We don't know what the cap's going to be next year once we get Seattle in the league and everything else. Right. And we don't know what it'll be like the year after that. Maybe Seattle will bring such revenue in which we all can have a... How, how appropriate is that, that the salary cap, current salary cap deal... I'm sorry, the TV deal... That is going on right now ends as Seattle comes into the league. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that's just coincidental or not. I do think it's kind of six hundred and eighty million dollars. Kind of think it's strange though that the salary cap conveniently went down the year that. Oh, I know. I, assumingly, if it's like Vegas, Seattle's going to be in the mix for like signing people and stuff like that. They get waived and stuff. I don't remember if that was like at the trade deadline kind of area kind of thing, but I do remember that. Vegas was spending their cap before they even had a draft. Oh, in yeah. Oh, team. yeah. So, Hell, yeah. And it's supposed to be the same as Seattle, whatever those rules are. Those are forthcoming. Right. Seattle... We'll care more in Seattle January, but... will have the expansion draft. Yes. They will not be able to participate in the entry draft. Yeah, yeah. That's how it was last yeah. time, too. Yeah. yeah, and I get that. But as for having money in your cap to use, like, they will have the same cap everybody else has to pick up people who are at the end of their contracts, things like that. By people, you know, like look at what Vegas. I mean, their draft was like crazy. People were moving here this way, that way. Not just the people in the dump. Yeah, and I would have kept Colin Miller and got rid of Kevin Miller, but that was just yeah, me on that. Definitely list. kept it the wrong guy. Then we gotta have the anxiety of who we're gonna, you know. But I guess on the good side, we have a lot of unrestricted free agents and stuff. So some decisions on the young kids versus who we have well, can be decided next year to. Be unprotected, right? Just, well, I, I totally forgot about that, and um, as usual, I'm prepared. Um, no, it was just like again, I was thinking. I didn't even think about the expansion draft and who's going to be um, exposed and who yeah. could and who isn't. 
So but we might as well just jump into this topic before I get to my last one. Is the the salary cap of 2019 and 20 versus the salary cap of, of 2020-21. So everybody's thinking that Don Sweeney and management are going to have a difficult time locking up players like you're seeing right now with Carlo and um, McAvoy. Well, wait till next next season because if you look at cap friendly, um, Charlie Coyle needs another uh, a deal, which he'll probably get an extension the way he's been playing, certainly in the playoffs. Uh, probably one of the best players all throughout the whole rounds. Um, and that's tough for me to say because I, I wasn't a Charlie Coyle fan. I, I want to see him in the regular season, not only the playoffs. But anyway, he needs to be done. Uh, Wagner, who knows what's going to happen with him. I know that the bottom line players don't make, you know, this, they're million-dollar players probably going to get, you know, showered in a chariot out of here. Who knows about him? Brett Ritchie, I don't see him. Uh, Joachim, I'm sorry, Nordstrom, not a chance coming back. But DeBrusque, DeBrusque is going to get paid. And Parlin home, I don't see him. Well, he's coming here for two years anyway, but I don't see him, you know, sticking around. But then, here, here we go. <laughs> Here's the thing: you got Tory Krug, you got Jake DeBrusque, and I don't see Kevin Miller coming back. I don't see Zidane Ochara coming back. Sorry, folks. I don't. I would this not. This is last. Year. I do not want to see him on this team for one more season. I'm sorry. He's just. I get. Uh, I get the whole thing about him being a leader, and, and he's just such an uh, uh, you know iconic player in Boston, but it's just time to walk away. I'm not saying he's a bad person, bad player, or bad teammate, whatever. I'm just saying that that spot is needed for somebody else that's younger, ready to come in and step into that role. We um, talked about this, though, that partly maybe why there was a one-year deal is yeah. because to give those kids one more and year. And that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. Step into it. Development well. is always key yeah. in my book. That's what always. I mean. That could be partly why, not only just respect out of them, partly just one more year, that should kind of round out some of the, you know, Clifton and back and Iron and them to kind of come up and start filling in but, those slots. But after Chara, you, I mean, I think Matt Grizzlick has been playing very well. I think he should get another deal. Um, he's going to be RFA after the nineteen twenty season. Uh, Stephen Camper locked in for eight hundred thousand for the next two seasons. Uh, he can come and go. Uh, just one of those. Uh, he's a, he's the seventh D, always ready to play. Like Heather was saying earlier. Um, and then you got you know obviously Clifton's locked in, but then McAvoy and Carlo uh, they have to be done this year. And not only that, but this is the last year of Yaroslav Halak. Under contract, he's a UFA after this year. So, I mean, I don't think that the cap space is going to be that significantly high next season. Just for the fact is that Seattle's not going to be in the fold. So, I mean, we might see a million two higher than we did this year, not five hundred thousand short. So, I see this or us being in the same position on. Jan- July 21st, 2020, having this conversation about how come we haven't locked up Jake DeBrusque? How come we haven't locked up this person? Well, I think that's part of the thing, though, is that there are a lot of unknowns because even though we don't keep that in mind, like Don Sweeney and them have to keep in mind what's coming up this year. It's kind of a crazy year for 
the NHL, right? I mean, we're getting a new team, just the way the draft's going to be, everything else. Can they, I, this is a weird question, I don't know if you know off the top of your head, but something we should look in, and I'm just blurting it out loud right now, though, is can you trade draft picks? Like, can, oh, yeah. Like, during oh, yeah. the draft, you get, okay, so, because oh, yeah. I'm looking up right now, we only don't have a fourth round pick next year. We, like, basically all the draft picks we gave away, we've just, finally, they've all come to fruition, given, this year, Jersey had, like, yeah. <laughs> I think they might even had two of our draft picks. I don't know. We gave, we gave up a few this year, but next year we only are missing the fourth round pick, which is good. As for like when you're thinking of like what prospects you might be not re-signing and sending off into the, perhaps the thing. In 2021, we're finally back to having one in every round. So we have a lot of things that we can work with at the trade deadline, draft, things like that. But that's what I meant is like when... Oh, I, I guess we'll have to just more know how the order is. I thought last year we it was the it was the like draft for Vegas and then we did the regular draft, but I can't remember. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I have to look into that. I guess that. that would depend, but I mean nobody everybody has to actually keep that in mind because all teams like Tampa's like us, they're crunch. Uh, you know Toronto, like everybody's going to be thinking of who do I have signed, who am I willing to re-sign, what might I get in this. Because if you have people who aren't signed and they get dumped in the Vegas draft, then they're just still not signed, right? right. Like, they're still UFAs and RFAs on their respective, in the respective world. You know what I mean? And you know what's not else out of the realm? And I know I got hammered on it, especially this week, by a couple of podcasts I listened to. They didn't directly call me out, but it was just my suggestion of trading Krejci, mm-hmm. um, you know, we haven't discussed this. I know, but... You probably we'll, don't want me to be crazy. Yeah, right? we'll, we'll get in... Uh, you know, I'll, I'll just say that his cap number of 7.25 is probably none more important to shed salary in his final year. I would suggest keeping him for the next season, but in his final year, I would definitely try to move him. Um, because I just don't think that David Krejci is the type of person that's going to be resigned by the Bruins. I think they're going to want to move away from him uh, and that cap number to bring in a Jack Stadnika, somebody, you know, that's through the system and learning. Right. And And it's a low cap hit. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I mean, you can't... And if you don't resign him, he walks to free agency for nothing and then another team signs him and he goes probably a divisional team. So am I crazy for saying trade David Krejci to shed some cap? Or... Am I, or is everybody else crazy on thinking that it's okay, he walks, no problem, got nothing for him, but that's okay. But my suggestion of trading him is like, so out of the ordinary, it's so taboo, don't say that. You're about to ask me if I think it's crazy. Do you think it's crazy? I don't, I think I agree with it would be crazy if you were advocating trading him this season, because hell no, we need David Krejci, we are Get something anymore. back. Right. But we don't know what his season's going to be like this year. So he might be crazy popping off like it was five years ago. This and we're was all happy. his full first you healthy know, like, season. Yeah, and he's healthy. You know, so if he earns it to stay, you know, the seven mil, not that he doesn't earn it. He certainly earned his spot right. on the I agree. Team, right? I agree with right. that. So I don't mean it that way. And that's not even how Mark means it. He's just looking at the numbers, the money, and being trying to make a plan. No, on more or less it's just like, um, I just don't understand how people get ostracized for having an opinion. Yeah, they're just opinions. I mean, 
not. Because they're not the ones that everybody wants to hear. And then it's like, oh my God. That's why I don't go on social media. Such a hater. I don't care what your damn opinions are, people. Like, opinions are opinions. We all have them. They're like assholes. You know that saying? I heard it on what? Salt and Pepper. What's that song? None of your business. Sorry. Salt and Pepper. But (laughs) what I'm saying is, why don't we let Krejci play next year? We're obviously not, you know, there. And then how about C? If he has another injury riddled season, hell yeah, I love you, Krejci, but we can't afford just for the same reason we're like, sorry, David Backus, we can't afford you $6 million on our cap space. But if Krejci next year looks healthy again, pretty solid, you know, whatever, then we'll see how it goes. We'll play that out. And we also don't know what will happen. Like, we don't know. He might get traded at a trade deadline for something. I don't know. And I know know so many folks right out there going, why aren't you trading David Backus or trying to talk about moving him? We have in the past. Go check out our archives. We really appreciate that. But he's got no value right now. You would have to sweeten the deal to move him and his cap space. Um, To end the show, we have one more topic to go through. Um, My random thoughts. Oh, okay. I'm sorry about that. Um, Pavel Shen. Interesting. And I wrote an article about this on blackandgoldhockey.com. Please go check it out. Uh, Pavel Shen is a Bruins prospect. He was selected in uh, 2018. And has been over in the in the Russia League. Um, he, he is under a KHL contract, and he has played for um, Ufa, and he's currently playing, or was currently playing in the minor levels, the VHL and the MHL, which are just like NHL, East Coast Hockey League, to, to them over there. But he has, um, rumor has it out of the KHL, that he may want to defect out of Russia. And I say defect because I love the movie Red October, my favorite. Um, but, uh, no, it's, it, he, I think he wants to aggressively take his development to the next level. And I think moving over to the North American ice sheet, which is smaller, more of a defensive game, will allow him to make that approach to his development at, at that aggressive level. Um, so... He is going to be looking to sign a an entry-level deal with the Boston Bruins. It is not with the Boston Bruins, folks. Please just tell me. It's just an entry-level deal with the Bees. He'll most likely go to the American Hockey League with the Providence Bruins. So let's pump the brakes there because I know a couple of people are saying, let's get him. Let's get him. New shiny new toy. we got to have him. Pump the brakes. Guy has not even played anything in North America. Probably some World Junior Championships over here, but nothing like a full season. So... Um, yeah, and, and he's a fantastic kid. Remind, I mean, him and Oscar Steen were, were by far my favorite people for accuracy shooting because they were shooting bar down all the time. It was just absolutely disgusting to watch at development camp. So, um, yeah, look for him to be in the fold. God, Providence is going to look really good next season. I am so excited. I'm not even putting Studnika on the lineup in the NHL. I'm looking at him in the AHL level with Steen, Studnika, uh, Shen, and all these other guys that are coming into the league, into that team, I'm wicked pumped. So, with that. You mean let them play together when they're still young on one team, and then when they go to the big team, they might already, I don't know, like the Marshans and the Krejci's and right. all of them of the world might already kind of have bonded. I'm not sure if that That's has crazy. ever worked in the past. I don't know. I Let me review. Hmm, has that ever worked in the past? Jesus. I'm, I'm going through my notes and I don't see anything. Yeah, I don't see that that has ever been an insane idea to maybe let but speaking of gel insane, a little. Because we're no one's gelling up here. Speaking of insane, let's Okay, here's let's all hear. my craziness. So the other things that I can't stop thinking about is 
Ron Francis is the GM of Seattle, so yay, Seattle has a GM. They're really real, but I need them to have a name. So you're going to brainstorm names for Seattle. I'm going to brainstorm names for Seattle. If people want to email me at ingabng555, I will be glad to hear your names for Seattle. At? At gmail.com. Sorry, what do I know? Like I've ever done it. Don't, I'm not on social media. Say it again. All right. No, no, say the address again. I'm going to. I'm just trying to swallow because I thought I was going to belch. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's fine. I don't care. I just don't want you to have to edit out me belching. That's uh, all right. at gmail.com. So if you care about a Seattle name or just want to get on my crazy train of trying to name Seattle, someday they'll have their own name, but until then, we can come up one for them. Yeah, I'm going to ask Mark next week. He's going to think about it. He doesn't want to, but he's going to come up with at least three Seattle names. That are pretty awesome. Yeah, I'm mine looking, aren't necessarily I'm, appropriate yet. I'm so looking forward to thinking ways. about some names that would go with the um, it's geographical to, region and so on. We got to do fun things. Yeah, we get to we get to do you, the content. Hopefully thing. next year, next week we're talking about how McAvoy and Carlo got signed. But just in case, we're gonna do something like, hey, let's name Seattle a little bit too. But Heather also uh, during our uh, pre-show show or mm-hmm. talk discussion and our break when we went outside and get some fresh air because it's damn hot. Um, but also mentioned that she, she would like to do a questionnaire yeah. and um, to that same email address that she mentioned a little while ago. Uh, why don't you go for that? And uh, th- this involves the listeners yeah. to get involved in some questions for me. So why don't you uh, run with that? So I really, really like talking to other hockey fans and like some of my favorite hockey podcasts, as we talked about, me and Mark are crazy podcast listeners, are the fan ones that are kind of, you know, well done fan podcast, you know, intelligent, but just like, you know, opinions or whatever based because that's what fan podcasts are, you know. So I'm going to give Mark a bigger list, but anybody out there who might care about some of these topics can feel free to email me at, uh, what is it again? I don't BNG. Don't ask me to remember anything. Gmail. I have like five Gmail accounts, oh, yeah. I can't keep up with them. Totally found uh, the one. Again, Mark doesn't, d- email me because I care and I will share with him that you share with me first. So these are the topics. You can come up with Seattle names. You can email me your favorite memories of the garden, because I was saying to Mark, we have a whole generation that never even went to the original garden, not like us, we're old enough. Yeah, baby, we went to old farms. We just high-fived. But, no, it's a podcast. But, so not your fault if you were born after 1995. That's fine. We you do can, have a lot of listeners that, do, that remember the garden. I was going to say, you, you could give me just your favorite right garden yeah. that you know memory, but those of you who are older and do remember both gardens, I want to know your favorite garden memory from each garden that's yep. going on. Um, I'd also like to know what your favorite hockey movies or documentaries are. I'm happy to report that I finally saved up the whatever I needed to buy the Russian Five because I've been dying to see that nice. since March. Nice. If you have not seen it, I'll be more than happy to let you show. I'm dying to see that. All I hear is good things. I have not seen it yet. Things. So I'm happy to be on that. But you guys, what are your favorite hockey movies? Mark's going to tell me. Or documentaries. You know, sometimes yep. you're a purist and you yep. don't. I don't want to watch these Mighty Ducks. Just kidding. I'm, no, just, no. I'm just kidding. No, this is... No, this what is, else? These are just random things that my brain asks, but I can't talk to myself, and Mark can only talk to me so much. So, I don't know. I just kind of want to know what people are in there. I'm trying to look and see some of the things I was thinking I'm going to ask you. It's not, you know, it sounds like a very fun little Oh, product. like, what? who is your favorite, like, brewing growing up? But if you email me, you have to tell me whatever you grew up so that we can kind of put in perspective. But for you, too. Yeah. Favorite player, brewing player, and non-player growing up. And then favorite player since Ray Bork went to Colorado. So right. post-99, 2000, 2001 era. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah, it sounds So fun. if you guys want to participate in that, 
feel free to. Uh, if you want to send me hate mail, just know I don't care, so that's fine, too. <laughs> uh, if I snap off nasty to you, you'll be like, oh, this is crazy chick is not don't on feed social the media. Hate. Don't feed uh, the hate. I don't really care how you feel about me, but if you would like to participate in any of those topics, and Mark, I will keep brainstorming because you're going to have to think about yeah. it. And, and for, those, for those who have listened to this show since 2016, and we are like, I think, 5,000 downloads away from 200K. Nice. 200K. I can't share believe Share with your that. friends. Shout out to... Even if you don't share me, share the old archived episodes. <laughs> shout out to uh, Derek Delvecchio for starting this whole show with me. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my boy Rob Tomlin for his dedication and all the time that he spent with me. And hopefully he continues. Uh, shout out to Court Lawn uh, for two years of excellent service on this show. Really good insight. So best of luck to him. So, I mean, seriously, I cannot believe that number. But going back to this little project, I mean, if anybody has any questions for me personally, um, that's fine. I mean, send them to her. She'll relay them because she's kind of like on my ass all the time about getting stuff done, which I try to do, but I'm such so busy on my regular 40 and then pretty much doing the podcast and, and running the website is just another 40 hours right there. So um, we do work hard to try to give you guys the best insight that possible on a professional level, but we do have fun doing it. And I'm really enjoying this whole, these summer episodes and, and getting the content out there on a weekly basis because besides this show, Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, and Bruins Beat, CLNS Media, my boy Evan Marinowski, shout out to him too. Yeah. I mean, those guys are doing really good stuff on a weekly basis. So There are a lot of, I noticed, because we listen to some out-of-market podcasts oh, yeah. and stuff. You know who's still putting out podcasts? Black and Gold, Bruins Beat, and the Skate Podcast. Yes, the yes, skate pod. the Skate Pod. So, you, you want to get in some Bruins, you know, whatever. I also mean, like, it's that dog days of the hockey offseason where, you know what, let's have a little fun and maybe talk about some other things because all I have right now is sitting around worrying about if... My face is going to melt off. Yeah, right, well, yeah, currently because it's hotter (laughs) than sitting balls in a fry later up in the northern half of North America these last few days. Um, But I'm thinking... Should I buy a new Tory Crew t-shirt? Because mine's falling apart on the back. God, if but you, if he you, might not be here, so I should know. I wait and just wear it all faded out and cracked? I'm thinking, what's Seattle's name? Are we ever going to sign McAvoy and Carlo? Is Mitch Marner ever going to sign in Toronto? Jeez. And I'm also thinking, I'm not convinced Braden Point's going to... That's all I have, people. So I need other hockey fans who also might be not having enough to fill their hockey-loving time. Although I am working yeah. hard on other hockey things in my life, but we don't need to talk about so anyways, if you want to participate, NGA, PNG, 555, at gmail.com. <laughs> I love it. All right, Heather, thank you so much for another awesome week. I really appreciate it. Next week, we're talking about rule changes also. Yes, so if you get... have read over the rule change, I already have my notes. I'm not going to bore Mark and you yep. guys with that. No, but if you we'll also have reviewed next week. the rule changes that aren't in set and yeah. they've been passed, but they aren't actually written physically, the wording yet for the actual book. Please give me comments on that, because i got a few thoughts on some of them. All right. Some of them. Why do we have to just do things? All right. Bye, people. All right. Again, thank you very much, Heather, for your time. I appreciate it. We will definitely get together next week. Hopefully, have a guest. Maybe uh, even reach out to my friend up in the Maritimes uh, of Canada. Um, And and we might even have another in-studio guest. Um, Trying to get another guy that's very interested in joining our program uh, for live shows. Um, So, we'll, we'll look at that. But... 
Before we leave another episode, we'd like to thank our faithful listeners, and please ask that you all leave a five-star rating, a review, and subscribe to our Black and Gold Hockey podcast on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, and Stitcher Radio, or any other podcast platform you currently use. We'd also like to thank today's show sponsor, BetOnline.ag, as a, and a reminder to please go to clnsmedia.com slash Bruins and use code CLNS50 to get 50% back after your first deposit. And that's it. So for myself, Mark Allred, Heather Ingerson, we say goodbye for another show and look forward to episode 138 sometime in the next, uh, in the next week. And we might even, like I said, record a second hour guest but who knows, uh, as we make our summer plan schedule rules, we don't care. Yeah. We just we just go. We just want to talk about hockey. That's it. And we hope that you still listen to Mark, regardless of how many times he has me on here. <laughs> he tells me it's fine, but I know y'all like, I don't know about this wacky chick. <laughs> well, regardless of my favorite wacky chick, uh, we hope that our listeners and family stay safe. And we look forward to, um, to um, talking to you guys next week. Um, so... Take care, everybody, and uh, like I said, be safe. Bye. Air conditioning. Yay. Thanks for tuning in to this week's show. You can follow the guys on Twitter at blackandgold277 and at rob40bruins. You can also send us an email to the show's account at blackandgoldhockeyblog at gmail.com.